Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a very special guest on the WIBC hotline. This dude's one of my favorites. He's one of the good guys. He's the best. Marty Smith, probably best known with his work at ESPN. Um, I grew up watching Marty cover racing, and now he's such a big deal. He covers everything, yeah, and he's got a all. book out right now. Does Marty, it all. Marty, what's up, man? Well, I'll tell you, you guys, I need a publicist. I'm calling you two. I appreciate that introduction. How you guys doing? Man, we're doing great here. And um, I want to get into your book here in just a moment because there's some big names that are involved in your book. But I think a lot of people still think racing when they hear your voice, when they see your face on television. I want to get your thoughts on the Indy 500 because around here, Marty, we kind of understand that NASCAR may be the bigger series, but we take so much pride in the Indy 500, that world's largest one day sporting event. Take me through your thoughts when you come here in May. It's one of the all time great experiences, not just in sport, but but in entertainment, they do such a phenomenal job of embracing what the event is historically, of embracing what it is culturally there in Indianapolis. And it's such a patriotic, it's grounded within that patriotism on Memorial Day weekend. There's, there's truly nothing like it. And I had a really cool experience. I've had many cool experiences at the Indy 500 but last year was funny I was standing there during the pre-race experience near Jimmy Johnson's car of course he ran the race in 2022 yeah 2022 and um and I'm standing near Jimmy's car just observing and Jonathan Gibson came over I'm sure you guys know Jonathan he works directly for Roger Penske the track owner and uh, JG came over and he's like, just follow me. Don't say it. Just come, come with me. And I'm like, all right. So I'm walking down the grid through all the cars. There's just a sea of people thousands of people everywhere. Beautiful colors. Everybody's dressed to the nines. And all of a sudden there's this tall slender gentleman standing in front of me along with Mr. Penske. So I shake Mr. Penske's hand. I love seeing him. I mean, he's, he has a force field around him because he's Roger Penske. He's an amazing human being. Mm-hmm. And I start talking to this guy, and he's going on and on about the experience and the, the pageantry and the American institution that is the Indianapolis, the Indianapolis 500. It was Fred Ridley, the chairman of Augusta National. <laughs> wow. And that tells you all you wow. need to know, boys, about yeah. where the Indianapolis 500 ranks. And of course, you've covered Augusta as well. So you've every you've year. All. What, what to me, like Marty, I've followed your career for for a couple of decades now, and you got the new book out, Sideline CEO. Um, I just think it just came out today. But was racing your initial focus when you uh, ventured out in your broadcast career? It was so. So kind of my journey was I studied print journalism in college. And when I graduated, I worked at newspapers for a little bit. And then I got hired by NASCAR itself, by the corporate entity, to, uh, to write for NASCAR.com, their website. Then 
the website got purchased or the rights to it by Turner Sports in Atlanta. I went to work for Turner. I worked for Turner from 01 until the summer of 06, and that is when I got a cold call with an 860 number that was ESPN asking me if I would consider coming to work for them uh, to start making television. I've never done TV before that. And so, yes, I covered NASCAR basically full-time from the summer of 1998, yes, I'm old, to uh, the the – November of 2014, when ESPN lost the broadcast rights, and then they immediately injected me into college football with the Ohio State Buckeyes that won the national championship that year in the inaugural college football playoff. Yeah, that's a that's a sad name to bring up right now around these parts, Marty. When you're talking about the Ohio State Buckeyes, there's a little ill will between a lot of folks listening to this program right now. I bet. So great football game, man. It was awesome, man. Um, the book is really cool. Sideline CEO leadership principles from championship coaches. Now you had a chance to get some leadership lessons or advice from Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Tom Izzo. I would say that's a pretty solid group of red asses right there, right? Fiery coaches, you know, like guys whose faces sometimes turn a little red on television. How were you able to get these dudes to be part of this process? They all just walk around with the red ass. Uh, I've just been around them a lot. And I I I will preface kind of discussing the book quickly with, my opportunities at ESPN have afforded me time with these individuals. And, and, and it's time that a lot of people don't get. All right. So, so that's such a blessing. And then when I decided I wanted to do this project, 20 people who are championship caliber CEO coaches, all of them gave me that. They gave me a lot of time that they don't have. So I'm so grateful for that. To start, I mean, it's it really is a who's who, fellas. It's Saban, it's Dabo Sweeney, Mac Brown, Roy Williams, John Calipari, Izzo, Doc Rivers, Patty Gasso just won her seventh national title at Oklahoma in softball. Kim Mulkey just won her fourth at LSU in women's basketball. I mean, it's a who's who. Now, who is this book designed for, Marty? Is this like business CEO types that want to be better leaders, or who is this book for? That's an interesting question, and and I think it really is a bit of a universal thread. Now, if you are Nick Saban or you are Doc Rivers, you've probably heard a lot of these things, but even guys like that can glean a lot of instruction and a lot of vulnerability from Chapter 6, which is the crisis management chapter, which has elite storytelling in it, if I do say so myself. I mean, it's it's Mac Brown sharing with me that he was called by the Texas State Police when they happened upon a vehicle accident, single car, single individual, and that individual had on a Texas national championship ring. It was when Cole Pittman mm. uh, passed away in the truck crash. They called Coach Brown to identify the body. It's, it's Doc Rivers sharing with me what it was like to be the coach and GM as an African-American man of the L.A. Clippers when the team owner said those racist remarks when Donald Sterling 
had that controversy, and he has to walk into practice, and all that comes with that, uh, it's it's really vulnerable storytelling. And so I don't care who you are. I don't care what your line of work is. I don't care. Like, I've taken a lot of this tutelage and injected it not just into my personal life, but into my life as a father and a husband. Uh, because so many trust is vital in any relationship. It's a foundation principle. Shutting your mouth and opening your ears and being a quality listener is applicable to our entire lives. There's so much in it that is applicable in a universal way. And, and you know, Marty, you, you just touched on it a little bit there with, you know, managing crisis and adversity. I think the one commonality everybody you interviewed has is they've all failed. They've all fallen on their asses uh, more than once, but they knew how to pick themselves right back up. And I think that's a lesson anybody like a normal guy like me needs to learn like yeah sometimes we have good and bad ratings periods here and i like you know the i mean hell the denver broncos <laughs> let miami put 70 points up on them over the weekend and i you know i just I, sometimes i'd look at that and I'm like boy how do you come back from that uh, mentally on a moral uh, basis and what comes with that right if you think about it what comes with those setbacks you're so right brother we lose way more than we win in this life. Mm -hmm. So what you do is you repurpose failure as fuel to evolve because it's classic Eckhart Tolle. If you don't evolve, you die. And that's one of the chapters in the book too. You know, all these coaches talking about, I used to do it this way. It's, it's Nick Saban's process. In, in talking to Coach Saban about, Saban about evolution, the process goes all the way back to 1998. He was such an outcome-oriented human being in every single sector of his life. Well, then, it wasn't going too great, so they were getting ready to play number one Ohio State in November of 98 when he was the head coach of Michigan State, and he's like, I am going to focus on every single variable it takes on every single play that this game entails. And they won. They upset him. And he said, this is a better way. And what comes with that better way? It's the joy of winning, not the relief of winning. It's, I know I'm rambling, but I want to share this too. Saban and Dabo both told me kind of the same principle in a different way. Saban's way is be a champion. Swinney's way is best is the standard. And here's what it means. Saban told me on the goals pyramid at the Alabama football facility, it does not say win an SEC championship. It does not say win a national championship. It says be a champion. Because if you are doing everything, every day, every rep, to be a champion, then you might have the opportunity to win a championship. It's an inside-out approach. And it's just so interesting. I love, I'm a nerd about this stuff, fellas. You can tell. I just love, love it. all of that psychological nuance that the great ones do every day and sustain it so marty we've got about a minute left here in the book uh sideline ceo the foreword is written by tim tebow now take me through the process of getting him to be able to be the forward writer of this do you just pick up the phone and say hey teebs because in my mind i think you call him teebs <laughs> teebs please uh do me a solid here and write this forward for me how does that process work I call him Timmy, uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, he is a great friend and, and we work together a lot. 
and we've gotten to know each other on a, on a very fundamental personal level. He's been very important in my life and my journey and my self-confidence in truly owning the person that I am because it, I'm an insecure person. I have a terrible insecurity that I like to be liked. And in our business, fellas, y'all know that ain't the best personality trait. Right. And Tim, I, I was having an insecure moment a couple of years ago, and he sat up in the seat and pointed at me, and he said, no one else defines your life. They don't have that right. Only you have that right. And it, it was a wild moment for me because this light bulb just turned off for me. And I will tell you, I have taken that advice, and I have passed it on to my children multiple times. And so – He's just a great friend. And so, yeah, it's, I, I picked up the phone. He's a very busy man. I mean, he's doing, he's doing life-changing, world-changing speeches on a daily basis with his ministry. And he didn't even hesitate. He's like, I would be so honored. And I love what he wrote. I think it's so cool. So, yeah, that's kind of how it goes down. Hey, bro, can you write a forward for me? That's awesome. <laughs> Love it. Uh, the book is Sideline CEO Leadership Principles from Championship Coaches. Again, Saban, Kirby Smart, Izzo, Calipari, a number of others. It's a really fantastic read for anybody. You don't have to be a sports fan to get something out of this book. Marty, we could talk for hours, but I know you're a busy cat as well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us here in Indy. Gentlemen, I'm so grateful you gave me the platform. Thank you for your spirit, and uh, y'all have a great day. Thank you. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.